Guess what? We're here. It is the Two Bears Media Review, part of the Pop Culture Forest. This week, we are diving straight into the pop culture ideals of Hyrule Kingdom Legends and Heroes. Guys, I'm super excited. If you can't tell, over here is my Vanilla Bear, Patrick. Say what up, Patrick. What up? We're getting into some a big old topic today. <laughs> if you don't know, you should know. This is Mundo over here. Very excited. Now, Patrick, unfortunately, we had a, a, a former episode that I cannot find. Well, I found uh-huh. it, but for some reason, the audio isn't being extracted uh, onto my service that would put it out to the greater public. And of course, I'm talking about the history of Mortal Kombat. Yeah, we, we did. We did that. You know, and and instead of doing what everyone else does, which is just talk about why Mortal Kombat exists, I gave you the lowdown of the continuative storyline. You mean the non-continuity of the storyline? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, only because they restarted over. Remember how that guy was like, he must win. You said... Hey, well. All right, Pat, imagine... If, Imagine you have to send a message back to yourself, like any, like ten years ago. But you must go to college. Yeah, like the most innocuous thing. You know, it would be like it would be like dorm with him, but like you wouldn't know who to dorm with. Yeah, right. Nobody knows, right? Uh, well, for those of you that won't get the chance to hear it since there's trouble getting it online, my initial reaction to it, because I watched the movie and I did research, and my initial reaction before we started, remember I laid out my thoughts? Yeah. And it was that... My initial thought was death matter. doesn't matter. Death could not matter in <laughs> Mortal Kombat. is the very first... It's like, oh, we'll be back in like a game and a half. It's fine. Maybe <laughs> death- the next game first fight like <laughs> yeah. yeah and sometimes you don't even have to wait for that game to end that's true yeah, yeah. and uh and i think uh, deadly alliance whenever they killed uh uh Liu kang he comes back yeah. as an unlockable zombie character <laughs> and it's dope <laughs> like we don't know what else to do let's just make him a zombie <laughs> <laughs> yeah for some reason he has chains on his wrists now as a zombie, he just like has okay. chains. So I have I have two thoughts on this when we get going. Yeah. So remind me to make sure I tell you. Uh, but I have two thoughts. One is a I need to understand one thing because I'm a math nerd and it really bothered me. And another one is my overall impression that I'm going to hold you to a very high regard to me. All right. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. No <laughs> so. Okay. Like I did with that lost episode of, of Two Bears, where we went through the continuative storyline of Mortal Kombat, I thought it would be fun to try to do the continuative storyline of the Legend of Zelda series. Yeah. Now, of course, there's way too many games here to go into every single storyline, those and, and for that sheer reason. Some storylines of some games are much more important 
than storylines of other games, right? Yeah. So yep. I did uh, uh, some some fun things here, and the fun things that I did was uh, uh, first and foremost I went through and I I put them all down in release order. Okay. And we're Got going it. to be bouncing back and forth uh, on this release order as I go through because instead of, unlike Mortal Kombat, which kind of uh, uh, follows the same storyline, like everything's still going in a forward motion in those, even though they go back in time. Mm-hmm. This story is jumbled all over the fucking place. Right? There's prequels, and then there's sequels, and then there's midquels and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So I'll be going back and forth with release dates and when it comes out, okay? Yep. So if we're going to start into this, I'm going to ask you right now, Patrick, I know that you've played Breath of the Wild before breath of the wild or even now like what i never played that oh i thought you did no oh you would love it dude it's like that open world rpg that you you fucking love yeah but the second i heard that your weapon can be affected by nature i was like i'm out that's too complicated that's actually some of the best parts of the game i don't know yeah like if it's a thunderstorm out and you have a Mm -hmm. metal sword out you could get struck by lightning or like what i like to do is there'll be like a group of of bad goblins or whatever. I'll take out my sword and I'll throw it at them and a lightning bolt will come down and fuck up my opponents. Nice. All right, all right. Maybe one day. I'm in the, I'm deep in the middle on Xenoblade Chronicles right now. I'm on the first game now. You know that that sounds cool. Yeah, it sounds kind of fun, yeah. Yeah, you know that sounds rad. <laughs> Um, no, so I did. I did listen to a lot of videos. Sure, like two or three videos. I took some time, learned some timeline things. Uh, I came to two conclusions. Uh huh. And, and as we discuss before we started, as we go through it, I'll, I'll give them to you now. Okay. Because if it's not in your storylines you wanted to cover, I want you to try to explain it. If you know, if not, it doesn't matter. It's not that. It's not that consequential. Yeah, it's just annoying. Uh, and then one is putting you up to a, a high level of degree of difficulty for telling me about the, the storyline. So yeah. first one, at one point during a timeline that uh, I was getting like a description of the whole timeline, it was like an hour and 15 minutes. So it was a short version of each game and how it fit. Uh, <clears throat> it said something about the triad of force or the triad of power. So it's the Triforce. Triforce getting split in half. That's dumb. That bugged me. I don't want to know why it was split in half and not into thirds because there's three of them. But that's a a dumb thing. I do have an answer for that, but we'll get to that at that game. Yeah. I assume there was one because if there's three, why would you split it in half? Yeah. I assume there's an answer. You didn't. I'll I'll tell you this right now. I don't think you, you comprehended what they were saying. Maybe. That probably was the case. Yeah. Uh, and then the second thing is I have after listening to what I have I've never played them 
But if they were movies, I think they'd be the greatest fantasy story ever told. Uh, tell me about it, dude. Th- this is so compelling. Like, the timelines don't seem fucked up. Like they no, it seemed like they, they were accurate when they'd go back in time, but they'd be kids instead of adults again and replaying everything. Like yeah. you didn't feel cheated. And I think that the I think that in and of itself is the biggest uh, um, advantage that yeah. Legend of Zelda probably has is that this is all a world, but each game takes place hundreds of years after the last one in the continuity. Yep. So it's like, you know, it, it's it's almost like that. I think uh, um, I forget who, but they said. They said history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. And that's what this is. You know, as much yeah. as people want it to be like Ganon constantly uh, uh, getting revived and attacking Hyrule, and a lot of it is that. There are but it seems like there's different stories, and even at time, different uh, uh, kingdoms and elements that, that mesh into these things. Well, even when I was looking, though, like it seemed like Ganon had differences in all the different worlds that yeah. made him unique again. Yeah. Which makes it not just the same would, thing over and over. I think it would be great if... Like, and different tactics. If like Hulu or Amazon Prime or something came out with a series of like hour-long episodes that were each one an adaptation of one of these games. Yeah. You know, maybe Even if it was just a history of it. And had yeah, the people that, that made the game talk about it and why they did did it the way they did it. Well, speaking of, The Legend of Zelda uh, uh, was created by Shigeru Miyamoto and Takashi Te- Tezuka uh, of obviously Japanese fame. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe Zelda herself was named after... Um, Zelda Fitzgerald. Okay, all right. Yeah, like it. Either either Zelda Fitzgerald or uh, the woman that failed to save Anne Frank. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Zelda Fitzgerald, <laughs> based so, on what she does in the game. But who knows? <laughs> so uh, these two men worked tirelessly through 1994, 19, 1984, 1985. To bring about The Legend of Zelda, which was released February 21st in 1986. From there, we just have so many things. Now, a lot of the games that release are re-releases, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, HD versions, uh, updated versions. I did not count them in any of these releases. These are original story releases. Okay. Okay. So, 1987, we have The Adventure of Link. That's The Legend of Zelda Part 2. Then we have a link to the past, which really, I think, without a link to the past, I think if a link to the past was a failure, this whole thing would have shut down. Right, the whole timeline idea wouldn't have made sense. Well, this whole game series, a link to the past was so inventive with RPGs and and adventure stories. I mean, every form of action-adventure game, there's something that had, was directly borrowed from A Link to the Past in some way, in my opinion. Right. You know, um, mm-hmm. seven years later, for the kickoff of uh, the Nintendo 64, 
we have the Ocarina of Time. Once again, Zelda changing the game here. They used the the 64 polymorph technology that the Nintendo 64 could have that really, really heightened the gaming experience and gave something that people had not seen before. Two years later, they used the same engine to create Majora's Mask, another one of my favorites. Love that game. I'm super excited to talk to you about that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then we have Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages released in 2001 on the Game Boy Advance. We have uh, uh, the Four Swords Adventure released in 2002. Oh, and I don't have... Boom. Wow, that is embarrassing. 1993 for the Game Boy Color for the Game Boy or Game Boy Color is is Link's Awakening. Mm-hmm. Reason I think that I didn't involve that is because there's a whole fan theory that that's just a dream of Link's and isn't okay. actually part of of these storylines, right? Interesting. So also in 2002 we have my favorite Zelda game come out, uh, The Wind Waker. Love that game. I would I, I just recently beat it just like two years ago again on my GameCube because I love it so much. <laughs> nice. After that, going back to the uh, 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 Game Boy Advance, we have the Minish Cap. Then for the Wii and the GameCube, we have Twilight Princess, uh, also heralded as one of the best. Uh, for the uh, uh, what is it? The 3DS, we have the Phantom Hourglass coming out in 2007. Spirit Tracks also for the 3DS coming out in 2009. Then we have Skyward Sword in 2011 going back to the 3ds with a link between worlds that game ruled and capping off with 2017's release of the most recent breath of the wild yes Yes. that one i know a lot about just because i know people that love it but that game fucking rules dude (laughs) <laughs> the only thing that I think drags that game down why it couldn't be my favorite is because Legend of Zelda is steeped in, in deep storyline. Every mm-hmm. single game. And I really feel like as much as I love Breath of the Wild and the gameplay and the functioning, they didn't put in as much of that storytelling that I love as a Zelda fan. Right, yeah. You know? And we're going to get on with this storytelling. Are you ready, Patrick? Oh, I'm ready. All right, Manila Bear, before we go any further, we have shows here at, at the Pop Culture Forest, don't we? Yeah, we do. Some say too many. Probably not. <laughs> we don't have that many listeners yet. <laughs> We're getting there, though. We're, We're getting, getting there. We'll get there. Slowly but surely. Uh, we have this. Of course, we also have uh, the current episode scene. Mm-hmm. Very excited. Uh, uh, next week, we will be reviewing uh, Rested Development, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Scrubs in one jam-packed episode. Can't Oof. wait to see what that episode's about. Uh, then, of course, we have the Battle of the Bat Fans, where me and Gavin kick, boom, and pow our way through Batman the Animated Series and Batman Beyond. Very excited over there. 
And of course, once Noah gets better, he has COVID, everyone. Oh my God. <laughs> dude, this I'll guy. tell you what, it's bullshit, dude. Three people came into his work with it. Why? Stay home. I don't know, man. These people suck. <laughs> this is what it's like living in living in an area where people think COVID's a hoax. Go get vaccinated, people. And I, and I don't care what you think, what you think you see on Facebook. It's wrong. Your information's wrong. Yes, I know you can get it if, you, if you've been vaccinated. But guess what? Your chances of getting it are greatly decreased if you're vaccinated. Chances are you probably won't die if you're vaccinated. So just go do it, you fucking morons. I concur. Let's do that. <laughs> now, if you want to attack me for my COVID beliefs or send us your false information, of course, you can do that two ways. You can send us an email at popcultureforest at gmail.com or follow us at popculturef on Twitter. And, of course, Patrick, the number one way that we, we need you to help us, what is that? Tell your friends and family. Tell everyone you know. Take a listen. We do specifically us here but the other shows we just kind of tackle whatever topics we want to talk about i think that's so, my favorite part of our podcast is that we're not yeah we're not bogged down by one subject or or one area yep you know we want to talk about zelda we'll talk about zelda we want to talk about horror stories we'll talk about horror stories we i mean we've to- gone back to the 50s for some movies that it is what it have, is bro you know yeah. so mean- there's something yeah, for everyone. I mean, our episode of Godfather remains one of my favorite pieces of entertainment here. Oh my god, what a good movie! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can't even tell you about the second one, bro. I, I'll get. I'll eventually find the three to three and a half hours to sit down and watch. I did it in sittings. I stopped it after two and a half hours. I was like, this is too much right now. <laughs> I'd probably have to now that I know about the world, but that yeah. first one just like I couldn't turn it off. Well, there's a nice intermission. Yeah. To the second one that stops oh, is there? two hours in so i was like awesome i'll continue this tomorrow yeah yeah that's i'll take good. a day long intermission. it's like they knew to make two different movies and give you an intermission yeah pretty much <laughs> pretty much Great. going back to this patrick let's yeah. begin so our story begins with skyward sword actually released in yeah. 2011 now, all of this information that I'm going to be giving you is from uh, the Hyrule Historia, a book released by Dark Horse uh, uh, Comic Books, uh, produced by Nintendo. It's a thick, hardback motherfucker. It's awesome. It's translated by Michael Gombos. Uh, Takahiro Miriki, Heidi Plachel, oh God, Kumar, Siva Sur, Siva, Siva Subramanian, Siva Subramanian. Why couldn't you say that? It's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> Aria Tanner and John Thomas. <clears throat> um, it's awesome. This was released back whenever. Uh, um, Skyward Sword was released to okay. explain where all the history of, of Hyrule begins. Now, as I told you before, 
not all of these stories I think are, are necessarily worth telling to the greater adventure of, of this. So I'm nailing the major ones that are really right. not, I'm not uh, just off the bat, not doing like Oracle of seasons or ages, not doing spirit tracks, not doing stuff like that. Gotcha. Major console releases are what we're talking about. That begins with skyward sword. <clears throat> so beginning of time, we're going all the way back, people. <laughs> all the way back. <laughs> Beginning of time. There are three goddesses. The three goddesses uh, uh, all help create uh, the, the world. They are created by the big G, uh, the goddess Hylia. Right? Hylia creates these three goddesses. Nehru, Din, and Faror. Nehru is the uh, goddess of wisdom. She creates order. Din is the goddess of power. She creates the land. And Faror, goddess of of courage, creates the peoples that inhabit the lands. Fun take on it. Yes. And after creating the world, they bounce out. And they leave behind the Triforce. Nobody knows why they bounced out. Nobody knows why the Triforce was left behind. But these are the facts. And as such, the Triforce is broken into three pieces, each representing one of them. There's a Triforce of Wisdom, Triforce of Courage, and a Triforce of Power. Now... This Triforce alone is an object, and if you were to touch it, two things could happen. One, you are a being that contains all of those things. You contain courage, power, uh, and wisdom. And if so, this Triforce can basically bend to your will and grant any wish that you want. However... If you are not obtaining of all three of those qualities, the Triforce splits apart into three separate pieces and goes off and fucks off in its own way. Gotcha. <clears throat> so this, this happens and a war is waged by Demise the Demon King to obtain the Triforce. As this happens, the people of, of Hylia defeat him and lock him in an underground uh, uh, sacred area. This is all before the game happens, by the way. You were told this through like an <laughs> opening scroll in the game. Holy crap. That's a <laughs> lot of story. <laughs> For none of it to even involve you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, so realizing that the seal is weak the goddess hylia uh once again this is the big g she stayed behind with the people she gathers all the humans onto into an area that houses a a giant statue to her like a parthenon of her um and zip sends them to the sky they're like if demon king is coming back humans don't want to be anywhere near this fucking mess so we're yeah. fucking leaving people you know, and, and they do. And for thousands of years, they live on these floating rocks in the sky. 
that they named Skyloft. That is also inhabited by these big giant birds that people have learned to tame and ride to like make traveling in the sky easier. Oh, but I don't it, don't get me started on trying to fly that damn bird. Oh fuck that thing, dude. <laughs> Uh, so annoying. Continue. <laughs> it, it all of this brings us to the beginning of the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, at that time, thousands of years before, Hylia renounces her goddesshood because she realizes that in order to stop demise from coming back. She will need her power in the future and, and demise for some reason can only be stopped by humans. So she figures she'll renounce her goddesshood. In the future, she will be reincarnated. And that reincarnation, once realizing that she's Hylia, will obtain her power, yada, 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 defeat demise, all is well. Mm-hmm. So to celebrate this event of of goddess hylia saving the people of hyrule humans of hyrule going up to the sky every year the people of skyloft have the goddess ceremony where they show where the the quote-unquote princess it's like an elected title there uh, gets crowned to be the representative of the goddess hylia and this year it's going to be zelda it's going to be this young woman named zelda who's who's the daughter of the chief of the skyloftians uh, during the ceremony, she gets kidnapped, and Link dives off to save her. During that time, he finds out that this evil—I'm gonna—I told—I told our buddy Gavin that he looks like somebody that would be on RuPaul. <laughs> 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 this Girahim dude. Oh my god. Yeah, Girahim is is behind the plot, and he revives uh, demise to because he's now trying to to do some stuff with the with the triforce as well huge adventure is ahead of them as leak is the first person in thousands of years to visit the surface and on the surface he encounters uh three separate races of other beings that were left behind on the ground okay these robotic beings uh that were uh, built and, and helped by the dragons and the goddesses and, and the people way back 10,000 years ago. He meets these Gorons who have kind of evolved into these rock-wielding giant creature things. They're pretty fucking cool. And he also meets some Zoras, these water fuckers as well. <laughs> <laughs> and reuniting all of them and helping them um, uh, 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 advance it in their society and to take away the blights that are happening because Garahim is trying to revive the Demon King. Uh, Link advances his sword, which is also a sentient being. Because, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, basically, the goddess highly enchanted a, a sword and put into it like a a, uh, a scientific mind. It's called Phi or Fi. It's spelled F-I, but 
nobody, but the game doesn't have like voiceover. So I've heard fans call it both Phi and Fee. Okay. Yeah. But basically, Link is going around just helping these different races of beings. So that way, the energy from their sacred grounds can be stored into his sword. This sword, once it has all of these mystical energies placed upon it, is able to dispel evil. Gotcha. Yep. And that's what will defeat the Demon King Demise. Got it? Yep. Good. Anyway, Link goes through. He and Demise fight. Big fucking victory for Link. And the people, realizing that it's safe now, return from their skies up above to live back on land uh, amongst all the creatures that, and, and the world that they've been apart from for 10,000 years. It's crazy. And that is Skyward Sword in a nutshell. Yeah, right. So the first thing that they do, which I, I think is, is nice in this 2011 game, is they send it all the way back to explain why a, a reoccurring item, the Master Sword, mm-hmm. is constantly able if, if, to defeat Ganondorf. If Ganon can keep on coming back as this mm-hmm. creature of, of malevolence and evil, then there, then there also has to be a reason why this one item over and over again, over hundreds and thousands of years, is able to defeat him. And that's what we understand here. Yeah, I've, so while I was doing my research, I picked up on that. It seems like a lot of your journeys are getting your sword back up to power. Yeah. Yeah. For or, the most part. Yeah. Or uh or enhancing your sword until it has that power. Right. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And in a lot of games, uh, you know, about a third or, or two thirds of the way through, you know, you go into like a temple or a forest, and there it is, and that's like, you know, you have to do a major mission, and then you're able to finally pull it out, and everyone's like, Holy shit, that dude's King Arthur. I mean Link. <laughs> love it (laughs) yeah uh right so love that fun story uh so in breath of the wild there's like no way that you need to go right Mm -hmm. so my first playthrough of it i figured that i would do this the easy way and that i would go out and i would get super fucking taked up before actually beginning the storyline right you know so i'm going off i'm doing my little missions i'm I'm cranking up hearts left and right i have 13 hearts on me where i come across uh this mystical wooded area and i walk in and there's my fucking master sword and i'm like holy shit yes here it is finally you know i've probably been playing the game for like 40 hours by this point (laughs) jesus and i haven't even begun the storyline (laughs) god yeah so i get there um and and you get closer to it and they're like you know hope you're fucking strong because this thing's actually this pulling this sword out of the out of the stone 
will actually sap the life out of you and kill you if you don't have enough life. And I'm like, fuck yeah, big chomp. So I go up and I fucking pull it up and my hearts are like dwindling, dwindling, dwindling. And I'm like, holy shit, that's going to kill me. You know? <laughs> and I get down to one half heart left and I pull it out. And I'm like, can you just do that at any point in the game? Like, if you had six hearts, could you go there and lift that thing out? You know, like, does it just do that? Does it always just take you down to, like, a half heart left and then you can pull it out? The answer uh-huh. is no. That It will only pull out if you have 13 or more hearts. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. And I accidentally found that out, discovered it, and was super happy with myself. <laughs> God. Yeah. That's pretty awesome, though. Yeah, I love it. I love that game so much. So we have uh, uh, thousands of years again until the next storyline in, in this, in this uh, series. And that comes in 2004. With the Game Boy Advances, the Minish Cap. Okay. Right? So, in this, there at, at some point, of course, the thing about these demons and these monsters is they always find a way back through the their sacred seals get broken, the doors open up, the windows are cracked, whatever. Demons are always coming back. They're always fucking up humans. And in the Minish Cap... Uh, they mentioned how the that these these sky fairies, these little things called bakoris, came down shooting what they called life light force at the demons that could kill them. However, these bakoris are now stuff of legend. They're these tiny little fairy people that they say only appear to children. Um, and every year, every few years, they have this uh, festival to thank the Pecoris for um, uh, stopping the demon's last attack. And they have a special sword that was given to them by the Pecoris called the Pecori Blade, which is a sacred tournament item that is given to the, the winner of a tournament that is uh, held in the Pecori honor. Well, the winner of this tournament is a character named Vati. Now, Vati is actually a rat bastard and is a wizard seeking to release more demons and bring back a demon king. Sounds like a good guy. Yeah, he's definitely the guy that you want on your side for this. (laughs) You know, Um, he does so, and he also, I think, turns Zelda into stone at the same time, which really pisses Link off. They're always best friends, right and left, uh, right hand, left hand. Uh, hey, if so in many of these Zelda games, you can name yourself. Would you have like a fun name or would you just like call yourself Patrick or something? Oh, I, I usually would just, I tend to just go with the character's name that's supposed to be. Sure. Um, I know somebody that makes their Link ham all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of good yeah <laughs> that dialogue could get real fun real fast yeah you have to uh, see your ham no i think i think 
think the reason I would I just don't like to break the immersion of a video game that I'm in. Sure. Like I wanna if I'm supposed to be this character, I should be able to enjoy that character. And if the game's not that good, then it's just not that good. So right, right. I hear you. Yeah. So Link is recruited to go off and find the Minish. These are the magical descendants of the Pecori. On his way to find them, he meets a hat which talks. It's called uh, Ezlo. And this hat, he gets on his head and it, it gives him the magical ability that at certain sacred areas of the Minish shrink him down to Minish size. This is real fun in game because, you know, puddles become oceans at that point. Gotcha. Yeah. This is also the namesake, the Minish Cap. So, uh, Ezlo, the hat you find out was actually the mentor of Vati who turned Ezlo into the hat and that Link must then uh, uh, go off into different adventures to find all four elemental powers to defeat Vati. Uh, and after he gets all four elemental powers, he gets the light force from the Picori. Now, this is very important because this. So, hold on. The- Before you continue, yeah. I find that pretty cool because I, I look, I just looked up the year Alice in Wonderland came out. Sure. Because anytime I think of getting shrunk for any reason, I just go instantly back to that. Yeah, that what that's like so long. 1865. 1865. Holy shit, man. Like that's Wait, awesome. Alice in Wonderland is from 1865. Yep. Is an English is an 1865 English children's tale by Lewis Carroll. You know, I was actually thinking that it was like 1898, so I was in the, uh, but like for some reason, I knew like it was old. I just didn't know where it landed. That was coming out in the American Civil War, dude. That's nuts. So, like, this is this is where we talk about the effects of what other people do, right? Yeah. Like this yeah. guy writes this in 1865, and 120 years later. No, longer because we're in the. This, what year this are we game at, comes Pat out in in two thousand and four. Shit, man! Add another so twenty almost, years. So almost exactly a uh, hundred and forty years later. Yep, that same idea is still being used to create a strong storyline. That's awesome. Like, well, a subplot of it, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To make a game different and make it yeah. unique. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> and 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 it, it crosses cultures too. I mean, this is a Japanese-based uh, uh, a game. Mm-hmm. You know, so this English story from 1865. And who knows? Maybe there's a Japanese story that has something like that that's even older. Maybe. Probably. That's just what I know. Knowing them, knowing them <laughs> fucking Orients. Don't I love you guys. <laughs> that was purely meant for comedy. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so keep going <laughs> from there once again thousands of years pass and now we get into the big one then here and there's a very important reason why this is the big one this is the ocarina 
of Time, released in 1998. This is many Zelda lovers' first Zelda love. Uh, this game, this is this is a game that I remember distinctly remember playing uh, on on the 64 at at my friend uh, Tim's house, and we were too young and stupid to understand any of it. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, based on how deep these storylines go, you're just playing for fun. Well, you know, this is the thing about these Legend of Zelda games, especially like Ocarina of Time or or Link to the Past, which were released, you know, mid to late 90s. A lot of video games at that time, their missions were, you know, go to the go to the forest, slay the spider and come back with the with the spider's nest. Right. Right. The way that Legend of Zelda games always put out their challenges is like you have to talk to all this townsfolk. And maybe one townsfolk person will say that there's an evil in the forest. Right. You know, it isn't telling you to go to the forest, but it's telling you something is in the forest. You know, and then you'll talk to another one and be and, and they'll tell you, you know, uh my daughter's friend went into the forest and never came out. Right. You know, and then you'll go into the forest and maybe, maybe you'll, you'll fight an opponent that drops a shoe, you know? So it's doing these things that at the time is different from other video games. It's inferring storyline, not demanding storyline. Right. (laughs) You know, so by the time that the Ocarina of Time comes out, it's out a thousands of years after the Minish Cap, of course. Hyrule is a pretty thriving kingdom, though constantly uh, at war uh, with itself, kind of. Um, and during this war, an orphaned Link uh, gets gets taken to the Kokiri, who are like a, a group of childish elf people. They basically okay. are born human, and then once they get to like age eight, nine, maybe seven, even they stop aging, and they live forever as these children. Interesting. Yeah, and that's the thing about Link is that they serve is that Link is not one of them, and they start to kind of realize that he's already too old to be one. Right. But he's nine. Yeah. Yeah. Very elf. Yes. <laughs> Almost. You could really tell where Will Ferrell took inspiration for Elf. Uh, right. Straight from Ocarina of Time. <laughs> it's almost an exact ripoff if you think of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Ganondorf, who is the male leader of these uh, group of, of women called the Gerudo, is visiting the kingdom of Hyrule uh, in the guise of peace talks. The Gerudo are awesome. The Gerudo are a group of all female like warrior thieves. Okay. They only give birth to one male every hundred years. It's kind of awesome. Yeah. And so thus the, the 
male is typically then the leader of the society for some reason. Because <laughs> there's one, so that's the majority. <laughs> so Ganondorf uh, is is there, like I said, in the guise of peace talks. It's Zelda suspicious of of his of his doings. Uh, sends off Link to find these these sacred stones, these ancient artifacts that she believes will help her in purging Ganondorf's magic. Now, Link goes off and he finds some of them, but as he comes back to talk to Zelda, Ganondorf has already attacked. The kingdom's on fire, and specifically, Ganondorf is looking for the Ocarina of Time. Dun, dun, dun. Zelda escapes this burning castle with her, uh, with her stewardess, uh, Impa, and tosses the Ocarina of Time to Link, who catches it. Using the Soul Stones and going to a desert temple, Link unlocks the Master Sword. However, the Master Sword, sensing that Link is too young for this battle ahead, seals Link away in a cryonic sleep for seven years. It's one smart sword. That we now know is smart because it went on this adventure before. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. It's seen it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. We know what it's taught. We know we can trust this sword. How many swords have you met that you can really trust, Patrick? Not many. Not, Not many. many. <laughs> I gave one to a, a guy I dated once. <laughs> I had a random sword for some reason, and I just gave it to him after we broke up. Because he wanted it. <laughs> I I uh, I owed a friend. Didn't trust it. I I once owed a friend once 150 bucks, so I gave him my cane sword. <laughs> Why not? This cane with an elephant's head and had a sword in it. So <laughs> <laughs> that sword was not smart. That sword did not talk to me. It did not lead me into battles like this one does. No, no. So Zelda, during this time, continues her guerrilla warfare against uh, Ganondorf. She's that bitch right now. You know, she's even disguising herself as a male ninja and going by the name Sheik. Nice. And fucking things up for Ganondorf. Ganondorf's super pissed off about it. Zelda's super relieved when Link comes back because she knows that together they can break the five curses that Ganondorf has expelled onto Hyrule, reunite the Hylian species once again, and to fight Ganondorf. And this fight is the most crucial event in Legend of Zelda history, Patrick. Do you know why? I don't. That is because timelines diverge here. Ah. So from this point on, there are three separate timelines that occur in Legend of Zelda. There is the timeline where Link and Zelda go to face uh, Ganondorf once and for all and are defeated. There is the timeline of victories 
in this timeline, there are two different timelines. One, a child timeline, and one, an adult timeline. I'll get into them. So mm-hmm. let's say that the heroes are victorious. Well, after that, Ganondorf is defeated. He releases his energy, which brings out the Demon King demise to possess his soul, make him a giant fi- flaming boar beast named Ganon. Well, using the power of Light Force and the Master Sword, Zelda and League defeat the Demon King and restore peace, sealing the seven sacred realms and Ganondorf away. So, I said and, I should have said or. (laughs) That's what's important with this. So, So, what happens is after they defeat Ganondorf, and Ganon, Link is given two options by Zelda. One is to return to childhood. You know, because she feels bad that he lost seven years of his life where he could have been living. Right. In doing so, he would go back in time, but this time warn Zelda about the treachery of Ganon. Having a being able to seal the sacred realms quicker and stopping Ganondorf's attack from really evolving. Right. The other timeline is he stays an adult where they seal Ganondorf away in a sacred realm uh, with the ideas that he won't be able to break out, but he's already defeated. Right. So we have the timelines where the hero is defeated, the one where he goes back to be a child and and seal off the ancient areas where Ganondorf kind of gets his power from, or the adult timeline where they still defeat Ganondorf, but this time seal him away, hopefully forever. Right. So the first storyline that I'm going to take you through is the defeated hero storyline. Okay. Okay. So Zelda and Link are not successful at this. That takes us to a Link in the Past, a Link to the Past released in 1991. It's a good year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best year in my opinion. <laughs> to me, the world didn't begin until 1991. That's right. So... Uh, the sacred realms are turned into the dark world by Ganondorf after defeating Zelda. After defeating, after uh, Zelda uh, uh, rallies seven sages, and they're able to use all of their magic might to battle Ganon away. They don't kill him, but they they take him to the sacred realms, and he turns it into the dark world, a dark mirror image of the regular Hyrule. Okay. Uh, Years later, once again, hundreds of years later, uh, the King of Hyrule orders the sealing of the Sacred Realm so the Dark World cannot invade the regular world uh, anymore. However, demons attack all of the sages and Zelda as well. And a evil wizard named um, Aghanim 
uh, comes out to try to restore the evil demon king, Candy. Doing so, uh, he he really runs amok in the the dark world before trying to go into the light world of Hyrule. However, once again, Link using some magical light arrows that Zelda has and the Master Sword. He defeats uh, Ganon and then goes on to defeat uh, Aghanim. Bada big, bada boom. There you go. Yep. And throughout that, he also has to go back and forth uh, in time to the original battle of Ganon to fuck him up some more. From there, uh, we have The Legend of Zelda, which is 1986, the original game, and The Adventure of yep. Link, the direct sequel, 1987. These games kind of go together as a one-two punch. Uh, like I said before, a lot of these games take place in their own separate timeline, hundreds of years apart from one another. However... These two are back-to-back. -back. This is the same hero uh, living in the same time. So once again, thousands of years later, the king of Hyrule, uh, they kind of use the, the Triforce as a hand-me-down now. Anybody that's going to be ruling Hyrule from this right. point on, they're just giving them the, the uh, Triforce uh, as a symbol of power. Now, it is explained here that there is a, a legend that uh, the, the princess of a king long ago was attacked by his right-hand wizard and sealed off in a tomb. And ever since then, every girl born to the royal family of Hyrule is named Zelda. That's why Zelda is in every game. That's why it's the legend of Zelda. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So same thing happens in this one. History doesn't repeat itself. It rhymes. The evil wizard of the right hand uh, of, of the king um, attacks the new king, who is the brother of Zelda, and takes the sister as hostage. Link, super pissed off about this, goes off on a huge adventure once again, saving Zelda and restoring peace to Hyrule once he defeats Ganondorf again. Now, these games are a lot shorter in detail because 1986, 1987. Right. And that is the Hero is Defeated uh, uh, legacy there, in a nutshell. Yeah. You know, once again... These descriptions are not meant to replace the experience of actually playing these games. I'm giving oh, yeah. very I'm sure it's crude, much different. Very rushed, very spark notes <laughs> versions of these storylines. Oh yeah. Um so I uh no that that's a great way to put it. Cause I, I think about so I finally got, you know, through the Xenoblade Chronicles 2 or whatever. Yeah. And I could give you the short version, but it's just not the same as if you just played it. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. The emotions you get by like physically actually getting the story to that point and then seeing what the result was is like, whoa. Yeah. 
So, I always appreciate yeah. that. I watched this uh, uh, dude, Deadbeat, on YouTube. Great film, great YouTube series. James A. Janice is a true treasure. He's awesome. And I, I love at the end of every video, he specifically says, you know, watching these kill counts are not meant to replace the experience of actually watching the movie. So go yeah. out and get your own opinion of it. Don't oh, yeah. base your opinions on mine. I love that. Yep. So from there, we go into the child era. I was really looking forward to this one. This is where the uh, the sacred realm is sealed. Uh, they go back in time and warn Zelda that Ganondorf is evil and mm-hmm. that shit's about to be fucked up. <clears throat> right? Preemptive attack! Yep. On Ganondorf. So, once so again... Before you continue again, yeah. I want to shout out that these guys knew what they were doing. Yeah. They weren't just making this up as they went along. No, no. And if they were, they're really good bullshitters. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. They do just enough work in these that it's like, it's almost like, um, um, you know, I'm going to bring it. I'm going to bring the reference back, but it's almost like Mortal Kombat. The creators uh-huh. of Mortal Kombat, from the very beginning, from the very first game, Ed Boon was like, we need to at least hint at a mythology. Mm-hmm. That's why in the first Mortal Kombat, almost every text screen talks about uh, the Emperor uh, uh, Shao Kahn. <laughs> However, yeah. you don't actually meet him until the next game. They were like, it's like the Emperor... In, in Star Wars. They constantly talk about an emperor, but you don't meet the emperor yep. until the third movie. And it's know? such a smart way when you're a new IP in video gaming, even today, like, you've already given that incentive for someone to have to play the second game. What? Yeah. It's not like, oh, I hope they like it. Maybe they'll play the next one. It's no, we liked it, but now we don't. We haven't even met this major player that you talked about for 15 hours. But it's not just so smart. And I I love that. But also, part of the fun of a Legend of Zelda game now is trying to find out where it fits in the storyline. Right. And we're going to get to that when we talk about Breath of the Wild. Yep. You know, that was always so fun especially whenever i really got into it with like wind waker and (laughs) the twilight princess this was before nintendo came out with an official quote-unquote timeline right but it was just so fun to theorize where does this take place in the storyline yeah so much like um, the Adventure of Link and the Legend of Zelda, Majora's Mask takes place right after the Ocarina of Time. So Link goes back to being a child. He wards of uh, Zelda of Ganondorf's treachery. And then he just goes off on his own little adventure. You know? Why not? Do it. Link follows during Ocarina of Time. He has this fucking annoying fairy named Navi which by the way I love Navi she's fucking annoying but 
He's the OG companion of Zelda. Hey, 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 listen, hey. It's like that for the entire fucking game, dude. Oh my God. <laughs> um, but as Navi runs away, Link falls down a hole in a tree, finding himself in a land called Termina. Where he meets a being called a magical being called the Skull Kid, who steals an item called the Majora's Mask from a traveling mask salesman. Upon arriving in the main town, Clock Town, they've discovered that Skull Kid's magic and the Majora's Mask is causing the moon to crash into Termina in three days. And that Link has three days to save the world. Now, using the Ocarina of Time, he's able to fuck with time in a greater and more detailed complex in Majora's Mask. And Link explores Terminus using this uh, uh, Ocarina to obtain many numerous masks in, in, in the area. After having so many masks and saving so many people and doing so many things, Link follows the, the Majora's masks to the moon center, where Link gains the power of the fierce deity and fights Majora's mask, which, while a bunch of giants hold up the moon. <laughs> Patrick, I yeah. want you to know that I wrote that explicitly confusing on purpose. <laughs> I was like, I want Patrick to be so lost by the end of this. <laughs> Why wouldn't giants be holding up the moon? <laughs> so uh, that is a long story, but I want us to take a little bit of time to talk about Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask is a very dark game. It's very dark. It's very depressing. Immediately, the first thing that happens in the opening cutscene is, is Link falls down this hole and lands in this alternate reality where the mood is crashing in three days and you have this ocarina and you have this little jingle that you can play on your ocarina that it there's the entire time of the game there's a clock at the bottom of the screen that tells you how many days are left and once you're on your second day it tells you how many hours are left jeez now, at various times, you can play your ocarina and restart those three days. Okay. Gotcha. However, if you do that, your money doesn't come with you. Your numbered items don't come with you. Bunch of stuff that you had doesn't come with you if you restart. Uh, the uh. You have to be a little judicious when you do it. Now, there is a bank in the game that you can go off and, like, hold money, hold arrows, um, and hold bombs. Mm -hmm. But then you have to make sure that you have that thing loaded up so that way whenever you do hit, hit your little do-do-do-do, that stuff is there waiting for you. If not, you're losing everything. And right. actually, one time, whenever I was playing this game, I was on the water temple. The water temple of this game is notoriously fucking hard. <laughs> and my time ran out whenever I was in the middle of the water temple because you can't use that mechanic 
if you're in a temple. You have to be outside. Right. So my time runs out. I have so much monies. I have so much arrows. <laughs> and I lose it all. And on top of that, I have to do the whole fucking temple again. Because you can't save it unless if you're in Clocktown. Man, they couldn't do that anymore. Fucking frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but it's it's frustration, it's mechanics are why it's so fun. For instance, you also have the double time song, which slows the the passing the passing of time by half. You know, and then you have uh, mm-hmm. Song of Night, the Song of Day, which immediately takes you to new to uh, noon or midnight. Because sometimes in this game, some events only happen at certain times. So, for instance, not kidding, there's an alien invasion in this game. Awesome. Good that t- only good comes at midnight of the second day. pretty cool yeah you know um and and this game is filled with stuff like that for instance there is a group of monkeys and one of the monkeys has been tried and is going to be executed on the first day that you you have you can save that monkey from being executed but if you come back the second day you can actually watch him get killed and by the third day if you go back you can talk to people and find out that he was innocent. You know? Yep. So there's a bunch of dark themes and tones in this. You know, you you help a Zora. You hold a Zora as it dies in your arms. You know, there's a there's a woman that's looking for her kidnapped baby. You know, there's a spirit that refuses to admit that it's dead. Crazy. And there's a huge fan theory that Majora's Mask is actually about, completely about, and only about death. Now, as anybody who who's studied any uh, um, any idea of death everybody knows that there's this whole five stages of death that people go through you know depression depression anger oh the grief yeah stages of grief yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. five the 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 five stages of grief with death or whatever let's see if we can yeah. uh, 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 get some right now now, actually, I think the people that invented this, they only ever said that these are the five things that happen. They never meant that they happen in this order. People just right. say that because it's the way that they're numbered. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I assume that it depends on where you're coming from, right? Of course. Of course. Of course. Now, which order now, you experience it in. So. There is certain areas in this game, and it goes through the storyline, 
that matched this so well. For instance, the people of Clocktown see the moon coming at them. Mm-hmm. They know it's coming, but all of them say that it's a hoax. It's so much of a hoax, in fact, that there's certain characters saying that they'll go up there and punch the moon in its face. And yes, the moon has a face in this game. I saw a picture of it. It looks terrifying. It is. And <laughs> once it's like on your town, it's scary as fuck. <laughs> um, there's and, and the whole town as a whole is preparing for a festival. So this town isn't even worried. It's almost like they're denying. Yep. That this mood is crashing in on them. From there, you get the anger. So a crime has been committed and these uh, Dekus are, are pissed off at these monkeys and they're going to lash out at them in anger. To Even though these monkeys are innocent. You know, they're going to suffer due to somebody else's anger. Yep. Next up, you have this spirit of a Goron that wants to still be alive, but isn't and can't be. And he's asking you to try all these things to bring him back to life, but it won't happen. It will never happen. It's almost like this guy is bargaining with you. Then you meet the Zora. The Zora who has just lost all of her children, all seven eggs. Oh, that's a rough one. And you hold her husband in your arms and she cries off in the distance, depressed. And finally, at the, I think it's called the Valley of Bones, which is an awesome fucking zone in the game. You have Link continually climbing these towers going further up and up and up into the sky until he retrieves the most important artifacts in helping him defeat Majora's Mask. Light arrows. Light, which is symbolic in many, many customs as acceptance or wisdom. Right. So the idea is that Link while chasing his fairy, fell down through this hole and died. Uh, Any of the characters you meet around Clocktown are the same characters that you meet in Ocarina of Time, but in different roles. For instance, there are a pair of witches in Ocarina of Time, the Renova twins. And they're these evil witches. They have this, they have this uh, power. You have to use this mirror shield to block their attacks. They're fucking awesome. Well, they're like hermits in Majora's Mask. They live down in a swamp in a bog and they like sell you potions. They're friendly. <laughs> you know, and then Zelda. She's not a princess in Majora's Mask. She's just a little girl that runs around the town. You know, all these characters are in here too. Mm-hmm. And then I think you have the most important bit of evidence, and that's the masked salesman. Now, the first time that you meet him is after you've fallen down from this hole and you wake up and, and you come across him on his path, and he says these very important words 
You've been met with a terrible fate, haven't you? It's a video game quote I love. I want to get it tattooed on me. I love it so much. Yep. And every single time you die in Majora's Mask through falling, through damage output, through poisoning, whatever, red text appears on the screen that says you've been met with a terrible fate, haven't you? Link is dead in here. <laughs> Link fucking died, bro. <laughs> or Ham fucking died. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of that? It's kind of awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know me. I like that dark tone of stuff. That would yeah. get, that would definitely get my attention. I just think that it's too much that like to be a coincidence. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. That's it's fun though. Oh my god, yeah, and it's cool because it's not confirmed. That's something that fans have pieced together. Right. Yeah. People so, that have way more time on their hands than developers. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the window curtains were blue to represent. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what like, you no, feel like after talking blue. about it, for sure, you know? <laughs> They're like, yeah, they, he has been met with a terrible fate. He fucking died. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, it's a too cool of a line to use once. <laughs> yeah. So, from there, thousands of years pass, and we get the Twilight Princess, released in 2006. So, after being warned by a time-traveling Link, Zelda executes Ganondorf. Or she would have if Ganondorf didn't rally one last time by the Triforce of Power and kill some of the sages that were sent to execute him. The other sages try to barricade Ganondorf uh, in the sacred realm, and he turns it into the twilight realm. Um, even though the twilight realm is already there, he invades with such force that the princess of twilight, Midna, flees uh, to the real world. Now, Midna also finds out that Zant, another magician, there's always evil magicians in these games, uh, is is trying to resurrect the Demon King, believing that Ganondorf could hold the power of the Demon King and then send an invasion from the Twilight Realm into the Light World, combining both of them to become the Dark World. Right? And, and you can see the... Yeah. You can <laughs> see the, uh, the influences going further. Let's not forget and I know you couldn't forget, you would never forget this, uh, uh, Patrick, that in Link to the Past, Ganondorf, after being sent to the sacred world, already had made a dark world in that in that storyline. Mm -hmm. You know? So I like the, that they're taking ideas from that one and being like, well, how did he do it in this timeline? Right. <clears throat> so Zant invades Hyrule after accumulating much power, and Zelda 
fucking surrenders. Like a bitch. Not like a bitch because she's a woman. I'm saying like a punk ass motherfucking bitch who doesn't deserve. That's why those warriors put the man in charge every hundred years. You fucking yeah. You know why? Because a man would fight. <laughs> God. This is like this is like uh what is it that story from the Bible? where there's two women fighting over a baby or something and the king's like, I just cut it in half. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) One girl's like, great, that solves my problem. (laughs) With the head of the legs. Yeah. (laughs) And the other lady's like, you cannot kill a baby. (laughs) And the king's like, oh yeah, you're probably the real mother because that... That is what the mother would probably think. (laughs) (laughs) You know? That Uh, reminds me of this. That Zelda's like, I would rather see my kingdom like at least not be fucking destroyed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I kind of get it. But at the same time, punk ass bitch Zelda surrenders to Zan. (laughs) Now Midna... Uh, uh, while searching around the light world <laughs> as as this little cute fucking weirdo. <laughs> she looks so cool. Look up a picture of Minda real quick. I did. It was awesome. Yeah. And um, she discovers that in an area of the twilight, so, so like there's the real world and at certain areas it's meshing into the twilight realm. Okay. Right. And even though most humans can't cross that barrier, she notices a wolf in the Twilight Realm and recognizes an old prophecy because she also magically notices that it is a human turned into a wolf and that there is a prophecy from her side of things that a descendant of the hero of time would be able to turn into a beast in the Twilight Realm. I just love fantasy story writing. Fuck yeah, dude. They're just like, yep, it happens. Don't worry about it. Don't even think yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, in this whole other world, clearly the hero is going to come back as an animal. Yeah. So just, just go with it. It's fine. <laughs> so once again, big, bad fucking adventure. Uh, they finally get into a fight with Zant, and Midna is dangerously injured by the man. Very sad but is saved by Zelda uh, as Link seeks once again to grab that master sword. Now, Zelda puts her power into Midna and using that power, they are able to restore the Twilight Mirror and fight Zant in a one-on-one battle where Zant goes down pretty easily, but upon his defeat, revives Ganondorf into the light world. Bad shit shit happening. However, Midna finally uh, gives back the power to Zelda, who once again is able to string some arrows and some light together, and with the help of Link's evil dispelling master fucking sword, Defeat the old guy again. Defeat the evil bastard. 
Don't even think about it. Don't even worry about it. Midna returns to her t- true form, a smoking hot princess, <laughs> and returns to the Twilight Realm. And from there, the two worlds promise remembrance and peace as they go off on their separate ways. I like it. Yes. Good stuff. Yes. Now, this is cool. This is cool. Because in Twilight Princess, in order to level up your sword skills and your ability with your sword and the damage that the sword does, you have to fight this dark skeletal warrior. Okay. And it talks to you. It says a couple cool things. Uh, such as that it learned it, it used to use this certain trick whenever it was younger. It used to do this whenever it was younger. Here's a cool thing that I used while fighting this thing. And all of these hints that it's giving you are direct, direct references to fights and adventures in Ocarina of Time. Even to the point that the skeletal warrior is left-handed. And you know who else is left-handed? Link. Yep. So you are being trained by yourself from the past in this game. (laughs) Pretty crazy. Yeah, it's dope, dude. It's fucking dope. Love it. Um... Twilight Princess is a mainstay favorite for a lot of uh, uh, Zelda Zelda fans. Uh, From there, you have the Four Swords Adventures. That's one that we are not going to get into uh, for various reasons. Um, One, it's not technically canon. Uh, Other games that that we have skipped over, once again, are the Oracle of of Seasons and, and, and the Oracle of Ages. Uh, which happened in the defeated uh, heroes storyline. We're not going to do the four swords adventures uh, that uh, would be in this storyline. There's one more. We will not be two more. We will not be talking about the Phantom Hourglass and the spirit tracks, which are the sequel to this game. Okay. So that closes off the child era storyline so this is kind of cool so the child era storyline actually has the darkest zelda games in them which i find that fun because as a character like as you're playing as link or something else you don't understand what you're really experiencing yeah sure you're just on a journey yeah <laughs> yeah, it's like that uh that theory of courage the cowardly dog that like nothing that happens to Eustace and Muriel are is actually evil, but it's from the perspective of the dog. It's just the yeah, dog yeah. doesn't like understand things, he just like perceives it as a giant monster. Yeah, you that's know? yeah, that's a good it could just be like another dog fighting with them or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Just barking because they're on a walk. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this takes us to the adult era. <clears throat> with 
Ganondorf defeated and sealed away in the sacred room. I love mm. Wind Waker. Um, I actually went into the most detail with this one because it's my favorite Zelda game and I love it very much. And, I, and it also has that deep story that I do love in Zelda. It's very, yeah, I know, I know that became a whole big thing the last couple of years because they remade the Skyward Sword yeah. when that was announced versus some of the other ones. Yeah. So I like Skyward Sword a lot. This is yeah. my first time playing it. I never played it on the Wii. Um, I like it a lot, but I would have been so much more satisfied with the re-release of Wind Waker here. Yeah. It really bums me out that they didn't go for it. And I would like one on Twilight Princess. I never played Twilight Princess. Yeah, now it's too, you know, too old to... Well, I, I not too long ago, once again, after I beat Wind Waker a couple years ago, I played through, like, the first quarter of Twilight Princess. That was really good. It's really fucking fun, but once again, it's like, I don't want to be playing this Wii. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There so Wind go. Waker, released in 2002, uh, is the kickoff game of the adult era timeline uh, where thousands of years ago, Zelda just locks up the Master Sword to make sure that it's always in use if Ganondorf returns. And thousands of years pass once again. Um, resulting in the legend growing and growing and growing. But at some point, Ganondorf revives and wages a new rule against Hyrule. Um, King This Death guy. Death, huh? This guy. He fucking loves it, dude. He wakes <laughs> up in the morning and he's, and he's looking to drink blood. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Fucking, this dude <laughs> needs a hobby. <laughs> 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 model trains yeah just, just <laughs> fucking go to a strip club or something like god damn you live in it you are the only man <laughs> in this whole fucking city so at the time the king daphnis um he just says i'm gonna leave the fate of the kingdom to the gods there's no hero that's been able to wield the sword we cannot stop ganondorf and you know what gods do love doing whatever whatever left to their own devices oh yeah it's their favorite trick it's the oldest trick in the book they just decide they're gonna flood it (laughs) yeah because why not And so they tell select villages to flee to the tops of the tallest mountains because a decades-long storm is going to happen that's going to flood the entire fucking world. Crazy. They do so, and as they do so, the king seals himself uh, with the kingdom and he tells Zelda that she needs to go with the people. The The world needs to continue and they still need the royal family. And so since the Triforce was never made whole again, the king ha- only has the Triforce of Wisdom. Gotcha. He breaks in half and gives half of it to his daughter, Zelda. 
to go to yep. the surface world. That's what I think you got confused about. Is the Triforce, yes. But it's only this one piece of the Triforce that was broken in half. Yeah, yeah. okay, gotcha. All right. <clears throat> so she does so, and and you know, all is all is okay. Um, until Ganondorf also finds his way to the surface. And on the, what's on the surface, he kills two sages. Now, these two sages are very important because it's those two sages specifically whose powers enhance the Master Sword to be able to dispel evil. So gotcha. with those two sages dead, the master sword cannot kill him. Right. Yep. Time passes. And we wake up on a small island where a young man, boy, if you will, named Link, uh, his sister is kidnapped on her birthday. And he travels to a place called the Forbidden Fortress with the help of various pirates to save his sister. He does so. And on his way back, he gets thrown off of the uh, for the Forbidden Fortress, but is saved by a talking red boat that has a dragon's mast. Awesome. <laughs> yep. The, dra- the boat itself calls himself the King of Red Lions. And, you know, this has become a common thing. In Zelda games, the companion ever since Navi mm-hmm. from uh, Ocarina of Time. You have you have Navi. I think the next one was Tetra. No, that isn't right. It wasn't Tetra. I forget the one in Majora's Mask. Uh, but then you have the King of Red Lions here. You have Midna in Twilight Princess. And then you have Fi or Fee in, in uh skyward sword so this is going to be your companion and the boat gives a magic wand called the wind waker to link which will help the wind push along the boat in any direction that link needs it to go fucking love the wind waker it's a great tool so good now occasionally while purging temples of evil the, red, the King of Red Lions and Link run into uh, the same pirates again, led by a, a young lady named Tetra. Now, Tetra helps them on their journey, eventually leading Link to fight Ganondorf, but soon finding that Link cannot hurt him. It's an easy one battle for Ganondorf because the two sages that powered the master sword are both dead. His sword is useless. Right. You know, now I want to once again, remind you that in this game, more than any other, it seems they constantly talk about the hero of time as a legend. These people do not believe in this superstition. It is a right. story that they tell their kids they dress their kids up as, as the hero of time on their birthdays all the time. And, and they think it's a big legend. 
you know, but slowly you start to realize that not only is it true, but with enough willpower, this link can force his way to be the hero of time. This isn't bestowed on him like some other Zelda games. He is going to do it on his own. Mm -hmm. And during this fight, once Ganondorf realizes that the sword can't hurt him, he also notices something else. That Tetra is imbued with half a Triforce. Tetra, like it's part of her? Yeah. Okay, so gotcha. A Triforce isn't an item. It appears on your hand. It appears on the right, back right. of your hand once you have it. Okay. And it's, yeah. And Tetra has it, making her a longtime descendant of Zelda. There you go. So in this game, Zelda isn't Zelda. Zelda's Tetra, which I love. <laughs> After the humiliating defeat <laughs> of Link and Tetra, the King of Red Lions also reveals himself and tells them that he is actually the reincarnation of King Daphnis, the king of Hyrule that let the gods flood the land. Mm-hmm. And that underneath the sea still rests the old kingdom of Hyrule in a magic bubble where there is a bunch of great magic shit going down there. Now, Zelda and King Daphne, they go under the sea and restore the Triforce of Wisdom. Link sails off and using his, his uh, uh, fishing skills, fishes the Triforce of Courage that was, hel- that was sunk to the bottom of the sea. Together, they then lead the descendants of the magic sages to, to certain sacred temples where their powers are reinstored as well. Which, once again, power up the Master Sword. Right. Making, meaning what? That the Master Sword can now, once again, dispel yeah. evil. Yep. However, Ganondorf realizes that this is going to happen and sends off to capture Zelda once again. But this time, Link arrives, and he's fucking ready. However, Ganondorf still has the Triforce of Courage. That means in the same location, we have the Triforce of Wisdom, the Triforce of Courage, and the Triforce of Power, which makes the Triforce appear yeah, as a solid item. Now, remember what I told you way back when. He who touches the Triforce gets his desires granted. Right. They basically become all powerful. Ganondorf realizes this and goes for it. However, King Daphne being a fucking bamf gets there first, touches it, and wishes away ancient Hyrule underneath. Which separates Ganondorf's power from the sacred realms. 
Zelda with her light arrows or Tetra with her light arrows and Link with his master sword set off on one last epic battle against Ganondorf. Where, and I'm not kidding you, Vader, this is how the fucking final fight ends. You stab Ganondorf in between his eyeballs. Awesome. <laughs> All about it, man. It's great. <laughs> it's fucking great. <laughs> I love when games like that can get like just more graphic than you'd expect. Dude, and I'm gonna say if you need to like look up the art style of Wind Waker and tell me if that matches it at all. I, I've seen it a bit, and yeah, no, I would not have expected that. Yeah. Uh, from there, we have Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks, but we're not going to get into them, as that is the last major entry in that timeline. Mm-hmm. Now, this book was released before Breath of the Wild came out in 2017. Right. Leaving the question. Where does Breath of the Wild fit in this timeline? Mm -hmm. There are a few hints throughout this game that kind of suggest multiple things. Um, One is that specifically uh, Zelda talks about how how there were troubles in the sky uh, through time. And even through twilight. And that a hero always emerges. Okay. Some fans take that to mean that this takes place in the child's time. Because that's the only way that twilight, time, and skies Mm -hmm. can, can come together. Right? However... Throughout the game, one of the cooking instruments that you find, uh, some of the minerals that you find, are rock salt. And in the description of rock salt, it it mentions that various areas of the land of Hyrule were at one point flooded. And because they're not flooded anymore, all the salt came down, kind of coagulated together, now we have rock salt. Right. And that couldn't happen Unless if the world was flooded. Right. Now that flooding only occurs in one timeline. Well, what if it's just a brand new timeline then? And that is what what most people think. Like is I think that, it's a collected knowledge. Is that then this that is the, yeah, that this is a game that has just said we're starting a whole new timeline. A a Breath of the <laughs> Wild timeline where all the storylines happened. Which does line up because Skyward Sword was the one before that, right? Yeah. Well, that but way, in like order of release. The way, right. You know, if we're going right. to do the opposite thing here and instead of going all the way back. Yeah. And put it at the beginning, what we need to do then is take it all the way yeah. forward and put this one at the very end. Yeah. Which... It would be pretty awesome if they just 
start to create a whole new mythos behind everything. That would be pretty fucking great, dude. You know, like that's that to me, like I think it's been a really long time. Granted, I haven't played any of them. Uh, but after so long, I think that introducing new ideas is important. Yeah. And it sounds like that may be the route they're taking and then infusing some stuff. Right. Yeah. And then there are other things like, like, so for instance, the Zoras, the Zoras in Breath of the Wild are, are, they're like these fish people that help Mm. you off on their journey. However, in um, the Legend of Zelda and the Adventure of Link, it's mentioned how the Zoras used to be friendly to people and that right. now they're like a hermit race that despise humans. Mm-hmm. You know, so people are like, well, it couldn't take place after then because technically this is the very end. So I think what I like what you're saying. Yeah. I like what you're saying. We, what we need to do now because we have this greater technology of video games and honestly, Breath of the Wild is unlike any other Zelda game. Yeah. You know, if we have this new technology to make this game, let's also create with it a new mythos. Yep. One that separates it, not just technologically, but philosophically as well. Well, because new things are available to you. You can, you know, it's, it's the same idea as when we talk about movies that take a billion years to make between each other and why they end up so different, right? Yeah, it's there's more technology. To, like, best example I know is probably Star Wars. Yeah, we've talked about it. Like, they waited to make certain movies because he needed certain technology to do what he wanted to do. Yeah, right. But technically, it's not the right order. Yeah, and that's okay. Yeah, don't I'm... make a shitty movie. Make a good movie when you can. Yeah, that's what we Same want. Same thing with games. <laughs> that's all we want. All we want is we yeah. don't care we just want it to be good people well they could have you know i look at it from the standpoint of with breath of the wild they might have had this idea 20 years ago yeah but it wasn't the time for them to do it right yeah I you know what made them decide to go with this open world format instead of this like storyline driven format i mean i think part of that's the industry yeah for sure yeah. I mean, that, that's just becoming like RPGs are more well known now. I feel like back at that time, a good RPG was hard to find because the, the technology wasn't really there. Like it, sure. it was solely based on story. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of mechanics to go with that yeah. aspect. Well, then that's the thing. Like it slowly winds you into it. Like at the point that I'm at in Skyward Sword right <laughs> now, it's pretty, I'm pretty much far along the way that it's now just an RPG. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've unlocked all the areas that I've needed to unlock and shit like that. It doesn't matter. Don't even think about it. <laughs> right. So yeah. I, let me ask you, uh, uh, Patrick, if you could pick any of the stories that I've described to you today to be adapted into a movie, mm-hmm. which one would you be most interested to see? Uh, it would definitely be probably Majora's Mask. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not even just for like the, you know, going through the theory and figuring out, you know, what it ends up being about. Sure. I 
for some reason, um, like I even played <clears throat> a video game that's like a, a really, really dark version of Alice in Wonderland, which Alice in Wonderland is originally kind of dark. Yeah. It's like the Grim Tales, basically. Sure. For me, I think. And uh, oh, is it Americans McGee? Yeah, I think. Yeah, and then, well, there's a second game too. I played the second game because the first game's platforming was really bad and old from like the original <laughs> Xbox. Sure. I couldn't get through it. Like uh, I couldn't even like I couldn't tell what what pathway I had to walk on to get somewhere. That's how bad oh, it was. Wow. <laughs> uh, the second one was great. I did play through that, and you know I don't like platformers, so right. it had to hook me somehow. Um, like there was an awesome badass level where you had to go through houses and there's these flying babies that attack you. <laughs> you have to collect. Oh my god, it was great! <laughs> and you like you have to jump on toys like the old like wood letters. Yeah, you had to jump on those as they spun around. They were it was a blast of a time. Oh, you know what you would fucking love is little nightmares. Yeah, I've thought about starting that. Yeah, I, I haven't played the first one. Um, the second one, it's a riot. Yeah, but like I that kind of storyline that darker but funny storyline because i feel like it's gonna it would have humor in it that would keep you interested well and that's the thing. Just I that. Think that it only works really if we get an awkward of time before it which is fine yeah i could you know i'm That'd on board great. with that well i think for me that would be one of those things where you'd have to make all three of those movies or three of those specials whatever you call it right uh, because they're all interwoven from the same point. Yeah. So as a watcher, you'd you'd want to see what was what would be created from that. Let's see if yeah, that's what I would do. Let's see if anything is in the works for Legend of Zelda. I did. Speaking of something different, okay, I did find out that they're going to make a. I don't know when it comes out. There's no like date on it, but apparently they're going to make a short, a limited series run on the Institute Stephen King's book. Oh, interesting! Which was great, and I think he has three books that fit the best together that I've ever read. And so we'll get into like one of the Netflix. things at the end. It looks like Netflix is trying to do something. That would be great. I mean, I'll tell you what, dude. I think they did a great job with The Witcher, so. You know what? Funny you say that because the show itself wasn't terrible. I was just annoyed at what's-his-face in it because he just said the F word all the time. Oh, I thought it was great. (laughs) I did not. Yeah, no, I thought that he was great. I thought that. I thought that, listen, I don't think he said it all the time. He said it whenever, like, something happened that he knew he could have prevented. <laughs> well, well, because then I, I went back and laughed because I was, Steve was watching the one of the animes that they put on Netflix now, like yeah. the new Witcher thing. Yeah. And I turn around from reading what I'll tell you about in a bit as well, um, which you'll be most excited about. Oh, but, boy. But I turn my, you know, I pick my head up and it's just him naked again. And I'm like, is the Witcher naked in everything that's ever done? In the books, yeah. He just takes baths all the time. He's always like, fucking in the books, dude. <laughs> he, he kills demons and fucks. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like that's what it felt like. So I got kind of got bored with the show, although the the evil witch character was great. Yeah, you. I feel like you were watching it for not the right reasons. <laughs> I was watching it for her, and I was watching it for the guy who was singing the whole time. Oh God, that guy was awesome. So great, he was yeah. perfect. He was a fucking treasure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the only reason I watched the second season. Yeah, and I was—I remember watching it, and I remember thinking, uh, with that, with that, uh, uh, with the girl, I was like, they are really trying to convince me that she's not going to end up being a bombshell. Like they are right, really yeah. trying to do that, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> it's Ridiculous. Like, oh, yeah, that they make the mistake of like showing her naked at one point, and I'm like, yeah, a fucking girl with that hot of a fucking body has that face okay come on people and then <laughs> later on that episode they fix her face and i'm like that's what i thought she was hot oh, the yeah. whole time yep yep you fucking bastards <laughs> well that's like uh what's uh, what's her name from game of thrones the uh oh the old bitch yeah Lissandra. i can't think of it the red woman yeah Like, I remember seeing a picture of her after the fact, and I was like, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, good stuff. I did try the Witcher 3 game. I played about three hours, four hours of it. Yeah. uh, While we're on the topic. And uh, I don't know, couldn't get into it. And you know that's my kind of aesthetic. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Maybe you just don't like the Witcher, bro. I, I think I honestly think it is. I think yeah, I just maybe it's just his not character itself. I don't think I'm into it. Yeah, yeah. Like the lone wolf thing. I don't know. Yeah, that's why you like. That's why you like the uh, the singing dude because it's at least like a party. Oh my god, it's so great. Yeah, it's. Like, I'd want him to follow me around. <laughs> that dude's sweet. all day at work. It's really busy. Don't bother now. He's got to <laughs> do some work. <laughs> And he puts his little pouch out and you give him a donut or something because that's what they brought in that morning. Yeah. <laughs> Couple peanuts. <laughs> you better because he will not leave your desk unless if you do. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All right. Well, where were we on Zelda? <laughs> <laughs> Just having a great time, bro. Just yeah. having a great time. God. Uh, yeah, overall uh, impressions, Patrick. What 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 do you think overall? If I if I could get into them, I think they'd be probably the the greatest. Like I said in the beginning, I think it, it's I think it's the greatest fair tale ever told, and I've never even played it. Yeah, I because I, I think that the changes make sense when they go to different timelines and different ages and different things. Like it's all connected. In a yeah. very strong way. It's not just let's do them as a kid now. Sure. No, there's a reason they're a kid. Yeah. And they have to do it that way. I, so uh, it's, my, it's my big thought out. Every every Legend of Zelda game except Breath of the Wild. And I think they realized this and they course corrected. It took them a long time to, though. <laughs> Almost every Legend of Zelda's introduction is so long. Yeah. We're talking like I mean our friend our friend was telling me for the original Skyward Sword that that introduction just to the game took like 3 to 4 hours. 
Jesus. And that's mostly just like reading text. Yeah, that's kind of what uh, Cyberpunk did. Yeah. And I mean, there was some gameplay, but a lot of it was you doing how... small stuff to get the characters to meet. Yeah, and I could see how that's a little bit tedious and how it's not that exciting. That's uh, how long it took to get to the intro screen, man. Yeah. Cyberpunk 2077 didn't pop up for four to five hours in. <laughs> <laughs> you just went. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> Before I talk to you, I feel like you're the only person who loved that game. <laughs> it was great. I'm going to play it again when the next generation comes out. <laughs> And they give me the better version. <laughs> oh my god! And the only thing that sucked was the main quest. Oh yeah, everything else main, was phenomenal. The only reason to actually play the game—that's the only thing that sucked. No, that's not. It's all the side characters, man. <laughs> I I literally played out every side character's quest. You did tell me that. I think that's great. I dated all of them. Yeah. <laughs> In one game through, I played all. I dated all of them. The one I got a badass truck. <laughs> the one had a kid and was being a pussy about it, so I couldn't date him the rest of the time. Which one would you marry? If you oh um if you had to choose. God, what was her name? I can't, why am I blanking on her name? She was the nomad girl. Okay. I don't know. She was the I, best. Never play, I did not play this game. <laughs> she well, she had one of my favorite so my favorite part in the game was when you learn about her background. Uh-huh. You go on like a little trip with her to get away and like hide from whoever's trying to get her. And yeah. um, you go swimming stuff. underwater and she's from this town that was engulfed underwater and you go swimming through like this little hometown she was from and you learn all about her. It, it's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was a good time. That's crazy that people just put that into video game. Uh-huh. I think. And I could actually swim. I hate water, but they didn't make the controls to swim hard. So I like that too. <laughs> I'm terrible at swimming. Hard to game. swim it, Patrick. That one's good. Oh my god, we were playing. <laughs> um, you get in the water and you press forward. It's not. It's not that easy. You're lying. <laughs> like every game, it's that easy, bro. <laughs> no, the one with the purple dragon, sp- uh, whatever it is. I don't know. Spyro. Spar- Spyro, yeah. I cannot control his swimming at all. I just quit. I didn't do it. Yeah, in the first one, he if you touch water, he dies, bro. I know. We played the remastered collection. and We started it. No, just trust I me. I don't like water. No problem getting in water and pressing forward. But then there's like things... <laughs> I don't want to get into that. This is yeah. not the topic for that. I we just that don't understand time. your complaint about swimming in video games at all. The more important part was her character's story <laughs> was fantastic and how she got to be a nomad was explained very well and it was a good time. Nice. Well, I'm happy with that. Yeah. What else have you been doing? Uh, but I, I feel like that's you know the experience you'd have with um, a Zelda game, right? Like you said, the one has the characters but opposite yeah where they're nice but a different character entirely and they serve a different purpose yeah i mean it's a game series that not only recycles item usage Mm -hmm. you know like a classic zelda item is like a hook shot right 
you know, or boomerang. I love boomerang. Big fan of boomerangs in Zelda games. Fuck yeah. Um, mm. Obviously the Master Sword, but it also does recycle, you know, characters. You know, we have this little annoying dude named Beetle in a lot of these games. You know, the Masked Salesman is a couple of them. Obviously Zelda and Link, yeah, but yeah, the townspeople are also, the, there's often um, you know, child people and, and you know, the, the Breath of the Wild, they said that they were they were originally going to make a section of the game where you go really, really, really small. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and, Which they might do in the next one. Yeah, and, and if rumors are, are going to be true, they might also have a sky section in, in the next one, a, a sky map. I honestly, like, so I don't, you know, obviously nobody knows these things. I honestly believe this that game is going to be gigantic and it's going to take in so many aspects yeah that it i mean i i think you'd have to have three separate podcasts just to talk about it yeah i think that yeah i think zelda (laughs) like what if it had a portal type system nintendo yeah i'd love that like nintendo in and of itself is not afraid to bet on itself no, and it's Zelda. And there's, there's not much you can do. Not wrong. afraid to bet on Zelda. Yeah, yeah. It's been their. I think it's been their most consistent series ever. Yep. You know, maybe in video games in general. You know, I think Mario gets boring. I. I you mean, know, I've not, never been a big fan of Mario's. I'm not a fan of first-person person shooters. I think that they're tedious. And bad most yeah. of the time. Well, so I I play them for a different reason, and it's because a lot of times they don't have story or it's not great, right? What's your different reason? What what could be a different? I play video games for entertainment. Well, my reason. <laughs> I'm gonna get to, to be it. Entertained. Well, yes, but <laughs> on on top of that, it's. If I have a really shitty day at work, I just want to come home and shoot people that yeah, don't have any consequence. Plays those, bro. That's the reason that's why we don't play video games. But that's why they're not important as as important to me, right? I don't know. Like Halo, I couldn't get into Halo, I always and I love the actual like mechanics of Halo. It's just. Eh. I always used to fucking love it whenever one of my roommates back in college would come home after having a bad day because they would just turn on something. They would fucking rip. They'd turn the difficulty all the way down to easy. Yeah. (laughs) They would just rip shit, bro. I don't know. I like Outriders. That was a more recent one. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else have you been into recently, Patrick? A uh, big week, man. Big week. Big, uh, big week. Yeah. Can't so, deny it. Won't deny it. I'll start with the bad because I was surprised by this one. Not that it was bad, but that it wasn't even good. <laughs> um, Neutral news. My favorite. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we watched the Reminiscence movie last night. Oh, sure. Dude, what a shit show. Really? What a shit show. <laughs> and 
The second point. Oh, that's that one so of, disappointing because Thaddy Newton's in there, and I love Thaddy Newton. Which one's that? He's like a British chick. She's in Westworld. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, she was great in it. Here's my. I'm gonna. I'll. I'll explain it really well. I think. Um, <laughs> okay. We'll see. For a majority of the movie, Hugh Jackman didn't have to be there. Sure. His character was almost inconsequential. Completely like, useless. Yeah, like there was there was one part in it where the girl sees him do something to break into his vault, and that's okay. literally only time he's important. Does he There's like an entire character? fight scene after he figures out where to go to try and find this girl he was in love with. Is he the main oh, character in this? Is he like yes. our protagonist? Okay. Yeah, he's the main character. Uh, so essentially, he allows people to go back into old memories okay. and revisit them. That's sure. his job. Why not? And uh, so he sees this person he has to go. So he goes to this person's bar and he's a gang type leader and he sells drug called Baca. Whatever they consider that to be in that time frame. <laughs> and uh, it seemed to just really make you spaced out. Like it didn't really um, do much else. But he gets to this bar. There's an entire bar scene. The whole point is for him to get information on where this girl he was in love with disappeared to because she just vanishes. And the whole fight scene happens. Your girl comes in and shoots him up and saves him. And then the scene ends. Okay. She has the guy at gunpoint and doesn't extract any information from him. So I watched a 10 minute fight scene and it didn't move the plot along. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. Like so now you just want to fight. Got it. Picked yeah, up. So is on that him. like basically the whole movie over and over again? Is that uh, like. So I figured it out. They think will stimulate you because they're like, they're like, oh, what what can we do yeah. in a movie that's never been done before? Got well, so they fights. did it again. We'll have the, we'll have the CGI was terrible. Fight each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, so here it gets worse. Okay. So the CGI was terrible, and then there's another fight that they have where he actually gets to this guy he needs. So it's like it was kind of an important moment. So the guy runs away. Why is he fighting all of them? Huh? Why is this like a fighting movie? I I have no idea. I would have never thought this was a fighting movie based on the previews. He's not like he's not a police. He was an old war vet, which okay. never gets talked about ever again, by the way. <laughs> he, in the beginning, she talks about how he lets his vet friends use the reminiscence for free because yeah. he's a good guy and he wants to respect them. Yeah. But you never meet another one the rest of the movie. <laughs> People just know he was a war vet the entire movie. <laughs> that was like the one dialogue point <laughs> like what the fuck well, I so normally the, wouldn't give anybody uh, a free hot dog but you are a war vet uh, so <laughs> what if, so what if the what whole if time they they're meet, in this what, what if what they mean is that he like he just like worked on service animals dogs right <laughs> like he's a war veterinarian <laughs> yeah um <laughs> uh, so so then in this other fight scene, uh-huh. it's important to note that they live in a flood city that you can very loosely figure out that there's rich people that live in another part of this, but they never really talk about it. Sure. Which is then another why problem. Why bring it up at all? Right, <laughs> right, right. So 
<laughs> so the whole movie we're talking like why isn't this thing crumbling it's salt water and your buildings are surrounded in salt water sure. no one's explained how these buildings are surviving they have to erode at some point yeah. the only time anything erodes ever is for all of you out there, I'm waving my finger a lot right now because yeah, I'm very is, angry at this he movie. He is fucking <laughs> Well, he needs this guy alive to take his memories, right? Okay. Well, he gets his hand stuck in a piano. As you do. Because that's normal. Because yeah. Hugh Jackman with yeah. his big Ooh. ass arm Ooh, slams it down on his arm and it gets stuck. stuck in, the, in a piano, I dare Yeah, I. Hugh Jackman's just too strong for that piano top. <laughs> 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 oh my god and then the floor sinks in and he falls down with the piano and it's the, the whole bottom level is filled with water oh but so he has to go down and save him so he can get his memories whatever bullshit happens there yeah. and it took me about halfway through the movie to figure out that what they're about to do is this is, to- is fucking making sense well, we all knew that, but <laughs> what we what I realized was there's going to be some ridiculous reveal at the end that's supposed to make you feel like you've accomplished something by watching this movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. It, it's it, it'll have that like aha moment. That's like, oh, I thought this was really stupid, but instead, I'm the stupid one because I right, right. Which yeah, is always so, fun. We all like feeling stupid because of a movie misdirecting. That is, yes. you know. So I'm going to spoil everything for everybody. Yeah, so if you don't want to know the I ending, you can turn it, it off. Because <laughs> it's a new movie. You know, we don't like to do that. Yeah. But it was really bad. And I recommend not putting it on. Yeah, at all. So skip ahead maybe uh, three minutes or so, I guess. Yeah. So the whole ending, right? You've okay. only seen the rich area for all of five seconds. Uh-huh. This whole time. They panned over it, like in an aerial view. So you knew it existed. And this randomly throughout the movie, it showed this person who was reliving a reminiscence in real life constantly. Instead of actually going into a reminiscence, she's reliving it with her son and names her son after her ex-husband who died. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, it gets better. Ladies and gentlemen, the, I just did a slow turn. I just did a slow okay. turn. Yes, very slow turn. So <laughs> now, now we have to rewind to the very beginning of the movie. Okay. The very first scene. I mean, I'm, in, I'm following you, yes. Yeah. Um, so there's a there's a person that uses the reminiscence tank before the main girl comes in that becomes kind of one of our protagonists or antagonists. She's a mix of both. And uh, her right. name's well, Elsa. I have, I have clearly defined roles. <laughs> yeah, right? Why have so anybody this girl's that name you is, want to root for, I guess? This girl's name is Elsa. She's She was young. She doesn't have a lot of money, and he lets her use it anyway for really It's cheap, really whatever. weird that she, whenever she, like, starts manipulating ice with her, with her psychic powers. <laughs> so, so, for one... I don't know how they make money because it doesn't seem like he makes anybody pay. Ever, <laughs> right, because everybody's a war vet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it turns out that this Elsa had a relationship 
a side relationship, side hustle deal with this rich woman that lives in the Valley of Money and <laughs> is reliving a memory with her creepy son. <laughs> the Valley of Money is the great thing. <laughs> it's ex- oh, that'd be a fun name in a novel. Yeah, yeah. that'd be a good one. Um, that'd be a good just Valley novel name. Money. Yeah. Uh, so it turns out, though, that he, her husband, who has now died, had a tryst with her and had a kid. Okay. Well, the whole plot line. Oh, and at the same time, there's this DA plot line where he's helping fight, try to figure out a crime. Never gets solved. They just forget about it. But <laughs> that's not important. The important part is her son, who goes by Walter to his mom because she's confused, which is how he explains it constantly throughout the movie. Uh, oh my God. Finds out that he has a half brother in the world and he pays this other guy who's friends with the girl he falls in love with to kill both the mother and the son. And you find out that the person he's in love with vanishes with the son to save him and keep him alive. I don't I don't know if I can keep track of any of this. <laughs> it was dude ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing. I was like, why did it, is... ended a, did it ended a giant punch up too? Did they just say fuck it and just have everyone fight at the end too? Well, the so this leads me into a good point. So I have seen the girl that is in this movie, the main antagonist slash protagonist, because you find out she's a good person um, and gets caught in a bad situation because she gets hooked on drugs, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Um, That's a bad person, people. (laughs) But then she turns good. It's a whole thing. It's not worth finding out why. (laughs) But I thought she was a phenomenal actress in it. And I had seen her in, she was in, um, oh my God, I have it up. Let me look, let me verify um where are you where are you um 2017 the greatest showman she was the the singer that he goes on tour with okay the greatest little little reunion because jackman was also pt bardem in that wasn't he yeah yeah that's a yeah so she's in this one and she did such an excellent job in this movie and i actually thought they made her character well but did not fit it into the story right no that's so annoying yep she was so good at acting it that her storyline was just great like i can can... it seems like from what you're saying that that most of these actors put on a a good job from them but the directors and the writers had yeah (laughs) Well, that's because he had nothing to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, and that's what it was. Like, it was just a very poorly produced movie. Yeah, poorly executed. Yeah. Uh, but she's great, and I happened to turn on Dr. Sleep today. We started it, because uh, it's one of my fav- favorite books that I've read. And um, she's the bad witch in it, and I am absolutely loving her. Oh, Rose. Yeah. She's Rose the Hat. And I'm like, I'm falling in love with a new actress I've right now. That, yeah, I've heard that the book Dr. Sleep is quite a dumpster fire. 
Oh my God. I loved it. Yeah. You're like one of the, like maybe three people I've met that have said that. That's one of the, well, that one, everyone else has either said that it, it was average or it was complete dog shit. I think they're wrong, but that they have their own opinions. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, you guys are the ones with the, yeah. I mean, Hey, some point, yeah. you know, three out of 10 Americans thought slavery was wrong. And look at us now. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> God. So yeah, that was a good one. Um, and to top it all off, I think you're going to be very happy. I'm actually going to be rereading it because I wanted to give it back to my friend. Um, I read V for Vendetta. Get fucked. I did. What? Yeah. Bro. It was awesome. Yo. <laughs> that is so great. Yeah. I, I mean, I know it's also Alan Moore. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. So, like, you at least you have a, an in because Alan Moore. Uh, I didn't know that until he gave it to me. Oh, okay. Um, so I read it, and he, I think I might like it more than Watchmen. Oh, yeah, I definitely disagree with that. Um, but it's Well, for me, it's because it's shorter. Yeah, it's, it's. It gets to the same point, but shorter. I also disagree with that. I think V for Vendetta is so long <laughs> in the tooth. I think, really? it, yeah, I think it is. I think it's so uh, tooth. Um, I think narratively it doesn't flow very well, um, or at least as well as Watchmen. However, I fucking love V. I love the hand. Mm-hmm. I love. I love Kriegy. I thought Evie was really good. I love Evie. Yeah. I mean, that. It's good stuff. Vendetta and Watchmen are like a duology to me, both about like what can go wrong in impressive governments. Yeah. So I'll be rereading it at a slower pace this time around. So I can really like get some of it because some of the people don't really talk in normal language and. Huh? Have you watched the movie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I really liked the movie when I saw it, and I just got it in uh, 4K, that, so our, that, our that friends ad- and I are going to watch it November 5th. That adaptation of uh, Alan Moore's work is the reason why he refuses to put his name on anything that is adapted from him. He fucking... Hated that movie. Well, it's been a long time. So I now that I've read it, I want to watch it again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it does but, a good job. Yeah, I remember liking it, but yeah, who even, knows? Even now, I think, it, even after reading the comic, I think it does a good <laughs> job. I mean, I think that, once again, the com- it's like any adaptation of a novel, dude. There's V for Vendetta. Yeah. Like I said, yep. it's long in the tooth, man. I think it really is. And it's just impossible to to take everything from it and put it on screen. And that's what yeah. Alan Moore wanted, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, well, so the problem with that is then it's a really boring-ass movie. V for Vendetta. No, if you if you were to take oh, yeah, it and yeah, go yeah, page yeah, yeah, by yeah, page, yeah. like it doesn't matter what you're making into a movie. If you do that, it's boring. Yeah, then you also can't sexualize like a 14-year-old in a, in a real movie. Yeah, yeah, that too. That's probably I mean, uh, 
or cuties or whatever that fucking weird Netflix movie was. I don't know. Oh, but <laughs> have you seen? I refuse to watch it with Steve because I just think it's ridiculous. The new He's All That movie. Nope. Won't talk about I it. I won't talk about it. <laughs> I'm like, they've already done that, and Freddie Prince Jr. was in it, and it was magnificent. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I would call it magnif- magnificent. <laughs> well, it was that 90s rom com. Yeah, which thing, I, you know, you know how I like my rom com. But you, for some reason, can't get enough of it. Wasn't 10 Things I Hate About You, but it was good. <laughs> I mean, what's um, Heath Ledger running around on stairs and singing? Classic pretty, movie scene. Pretty, pretty, that's pretty solid. Yeah, it was awesome. First yeah. time I watched that movie and he started doing that, I was like, I'd have to go to prom with him. <laughs> <laughs> It's no 16 candles, but <laughs> it's better than 16 candles. I don't know. I haven't seen both movies in a long time. Jury's yeah. out. <clears throat> oh my god. What have you been doing? Uh, I've been watching the Hellraiser movies. That oh yeah, yeah. Right. Fun uh uh sci-fi horror romp. I enjoyed the first one so much. <laughs> That I uh, bought the novella that it is based off of the Hellbound Heart. Nice. That that was super fun and creepy and awesome. I am about to move on to um, Fire and Blood, the uh, Song of Ice and Fire prequel, which the mm-hmm. House of Dragons on HBO Max will be based off of. Mm-hmm. I am. So- <laughs> Do I know what I'm most excited about with that series? I do. Just come out and say that they're all incest. That they're all fucking their brothers and sisters. You know it's coming. And I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait. I am so excited to see full on like multiple incest storylines on TV. <laughs> okay. uh, oh, I forgot. Um, I was telling you the other night, I watched Aliens for the first time. Oh, yeah. I was, like, besides one explosion. Did you think that guy was a robot? Huh? Did you you guess that guy was a robot before he had a robot? No. He, so I, I will say for this movie, there was a couple times in it where I did not see something coming. What about the chest burster scene? That that I knew about already. Yeah, I knew how that played out, so Classic that wasn't like movie shit right there. So good. Yeah. Um, so good. No, but like for me, I looked at that movie in a way where if they had cleaned up with today's technology, a couple of the explosions or a couple things. If you told me you put that movie out today, and based it in 1980, I'd believe you. To me, uh, to me, it I was well that, done. I think that you don't even need to do that. You just need to be like, oh yeah, an indie movie made it. It's yeah, an and it, you could do that. Yeah, you know. And, I, yeah. Honestly, I just want that last explosion to be fixed, and that's it. Can't like, wait for you to see Aliens, dude. Aliens is like one of my favorite sci-fi movies ever. I, well, I think what we're gonna do right now, since I had never seen Jurassic Park, is flip flop back and forth. Okay. And watch the first Jurassic Park and then go back to Aliens. You might and... not want to do that, though, dude. Why? <laughs> because you'll never want... None of the aliens are even close to Jurassic Park. I'll still get through them, though. No, I'm just saying that, like, you don't want to, like, spoil the great stuff first, only to be, like, 
So never mind. You do whatever you want. I was going to go into a little tangent. I'm not going to. I'm just going to go. That's back. okay. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Besides that, I have uh, been reading Something is Killing the Children, fun comic book series about monsters and shit. Also, Ice yeah. Cream Man, which is like a uh, suburban Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah. You were telling me about that a little bit ago. I think that is super fun. I also started Ray Donovan. Like the TV show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, never saw that before. Um, I didn't either. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm sold on it yet, but I'll give it two more episodes. I don't think I was at the age where that was going to hit me. Yeah. Like when that came out, and I just don't think I've gone back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was that Showtime? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. It's and then Showtime kind of died off too, as it should have. <laughs> yeah, except for um, oh man, what was it? The one in Chicago, Shameless. Oh yeah, but like that was really the last good one on there, and that was it. Yeah, and even and even then, the fans of that are like, "Fuck this show anymore." Uh, well, I I ended after Fiona. Yeah, that's left. what everybody. That's everyone is that I've talked to about that show has been like it isn't worth it anymore. Yeah, well, because everyone got where they needed to be, and Lip still didn't become a good person. Yeah, and, and you're I, like, okay, I'm tired of watching Lip not be a good no, person. I'm, I'm kind of excited for The Walking Dead to end because I will, even though I fucking hate that show, I will definitely tune into the final episode to see how they fucked it up even more. Oh um, yeah, yep. Because God forbid, dude. We should. So I've only seen like two episodes of that. Do you, have you seen a ton of it? I've seen like the first four seasons. Okay, I was gonna. Say, what if we did something fun where once that final episode comes out, you and I watch it and then create an entire backstory for how it got there. <laughs> As an episode, we'll talk more about this later. <laughs> but we'll talk more. We can't talk. That about would be this. awesome. We cannot talk about this right now. <laughs> and of course, uh, here to yeah. might date this thing to uh, to when we're recording it. But the uh, Little League World Series is on right now, and I've been yeah totally into yeah. that with with uh, watching it with the family. Call back to college, right there. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. That was so cool. Yeah. For Good the, old Williamsport. Uh, in the, in the, in the, no, our uh, uh, Center County, Pennsylvania got pretty far that year, got to the semifinals. <clears throat> yeah. Had a big parade for them. Nice. Yeah. That was awesome, possum, blossom. Is there anything else that I'm doing right now? That's a lot of work. Yeah. I, I started the Xenoblade Chronicles first one. I just have to keep going at it today oh, and like um, figure it yeah. out. Dreamscaper. Okay, yeah. Dreamscaper a lot. Loving that game. It's a lot like Hades, um, but different like gameplay mechanics and shit. Um, mm. I, see, I loved Hades because of like, I'm a huge fan of Greek mythology and it like puts you in there. That's why I also love uh, Phoenix Rising, Greek mythology puts you right in yeah. there. Dreamscaper's weird so far. I have a feeling that like there's an under, like there's a hidden storyline here that I haven't figured out yet. Yeah, maybe like gets revealed slowly, more slowly than the other ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't know. 
I'm, I'm on. I'll tell you what. I believe in that so much that I'm going to be super bummed out if that isn't the case here. Yo, this kid is riding a badass Jeep Power Wheel right now outside of my window. Huh? Like the Power Wheels? Yeah. He's got I a white a Jeep. Power... He's rocking it, man. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. <laughs> oh, he's maybe five. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Every now and then they'll take Ray on a walk and they'll let him drive around his, in his little convertible. <laughs> <laughs> Great. It connects to Bluetooth and blast music. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. All right. We've done the things today. As always, always do it, ladies and gentlemen, don't we? That's right. Yeah. Uh, This has been a huge discussion on Legend of Zelda, Cyberpunk 2077, or whatever. (laughs) And. For some reason, a long divergence into reminiscence. (laughs) (laughs) And as always, hashtag Batista for video games. Yes, Batista for Zelda. We want him to play the princess in a movie, parody, TV show. Batista. You know, based on what you've told me, I think I'd want him to be the guy that sells masks. You know what, dude? Honestly, he would make a great Ganondorf. I mean, yeah, but that's the obvious. Yeah, that's why you make him Zelda, bro. <laughs> that's why you make him princess. You make the rock Ganon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You make tra- you How make- epic would that fight be? Batista know- versus the rock? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But they're just like throwing like Harry Potter wizard spells at each other. Yeah. <laughs> Dropping even, lightning on them. They're not even fighting. They're just throwing magic. Oh god. That would be- uh, we did it. Tell your friends and family to listen to us, everyone. <laughs> yeah. And if you're in the movie industry, contact us because we have great ideas like dressing up batista as a princess having him fight evil red gnome king god uh the rock (laughs) so that is great ladies and gentlemen as always you can find us at pop culture f on twitter you can come into contact with us at pop culture forest at gmail.com and over there has been the vanilla bear patrick that's right. We did it. You did it. And if you don't know, you should know. This has been your Chocolate Bear Mundo signing off, signing out. And once again, hashtag Batista for video games. <laughs>